You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 84. Brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow my work at bleedinggreennation.com. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist, NFL, that's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Eight-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak of the Draft Network and bleedinggreennation.com. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, breaking news, Deshaun Jackson reunited, and it feels so good. How you doing, brother? Chris Morrison at Moore Report. Deshaun Jackson gets $13 million guaranteed on a restructure. Eagles send a sixth-round sixth pick in 2019 to Tampa and get back a seventh in 2020. So the restructure, 13 guaranteed. My guess is that will be over three years. Yeah. My guess that will be over three years, which would put it at about $4.3 million guaranteed per year. I would imagine almost 100% of that is in the first two years. Yeah. And then it's looking like $8, 7000000 million per year for three years. Yep. I'm well. I'm super sick. You're super sick. We're both yeah. very gross and very yeah. upset. I'm so hot right now. I can't even tell you how I'm like sweating because I'm just like downing tea. I have like the window open. It's 20 degrees outside. I'm legitimately sweating. How are you? What's going on, buddy? I'm buzzing off like a bunch of coffee and cough and, and, and all types of medicine. So it's been good. And look, Deshaun Jackson coming back to Philadelphia. I have this breakdown on my timeline, but Warren Sharp at Sharp Football tweeted, quote, Carson Wentz excels throwing the routes that Deshaun Jackson runs best. This is an extremely underrated acquisition, unquote. So that's outs, curls, digs, comeback slants, and posts all align pretty well with their success rates. Uh, ben Jackson was on the last year of the contract. Obviously, you mentioned the restructure that is definitely going to happen. I know earlier in the day, you guessed three years. Howard Eskin, I believe it was, put it out there that would it would be something like three years. I think that's what we're going to see. Obviously, we don't yep. have the details for that fully yet. That may break during the show. It may break while I'm editing if it does then i'll put in a news alert but that's the information that we have right now how are you feeling about this trade and it looks like you're learning something new or not learning something new it's all trying to figure out all this stuff at the same time it is a new storm ben this is hectic this is crazy march 11th it is going down everyone is tampering with everything here's how the deshaun saga went part one i am up late at night not healthy feeling very poor and i'm scrolling through twitter it's like 1 a.m and I see the the uh, ESPN report. It was with Tim McManus and, and then Jenna Lane, I think it is, the Tampa, right? And it was like, dude, yes, bring me to Sean. I would love that. And the then same. I wake up and I, there's a big, I did not realize, big demographic of Eagles fans who would not want Deshaun back. Well. Which I didn't get. Like, like I don't understand why you don't want Deshaun Jackson back. If, it, if it's like a character thing, well, the coach is no longer Chip Kelly. Coach is Doug Peterson. 
character like doesn't mean something new, but like it, it, it's in context, it's a totally different thing. Deshaun wants to come back to Philadelphia. He doesn't want to come back to Philadelphia to be a rabble rouser. Like he wants to come back to Philadelphia because people like playing for Doug Peterson and Harry Roseman. Like that's clear. Jeffrey Lurie. So there you go. My guess was it was going to be he was cut, and the Eagles would get him for about two years. Seventeen million was my guess. I didn't have a guess on the guaranteed. At thirteen million, like I said, I think it'll be three years because that would be like six million guaranteed, seven million guaranteed per year if it was over two years. Mm-hmm. And then you'd assume there'd be more money on top of that. And I just don't think the Eagles would be paying him like seventy percent of the contract guaranteed, giving him ten million per year. You know what I mean? Right. So it's thirteen million guaranteed. I think it's over. I think it's a three-year contract. That's my guess. When it became clear that the Bucks were going to trade him, right? Because Deshaun was the one who declared himself cut. Deshaun on Instagram was like, "I am not with the Bucks anymore." Yeah. No, like league source was like, "Hey, the Bucks cut him." Deshaun was like, "I am getting cut." And then right after that, Diana Rossini jumps in and says, "I just spoke with sources with the Bucks, and they're saying that he hasn't been cut." And it's like, "Whoa, right. put the brakes on." And this is the exact reason why, because the Bucks were able to say, "Listen, we're not cutting him." We're like, we're very willing to trade him. And the Eagles were like, listen, he wants to come here. We know he does. We've talked with his agent. You want something back for him. We will trade you for him. Then the report comes out. The Eagles are trading for Deshaun. My guess was it was going to be a third round pick swap or a day three pick swap. Excuse me. The report comes out that it's two day three picks. And I was like, oh, that's more than I expected. The Buccaneers had no leverage here. And then the corrected report came out. It's a, it's the Eagles are sending a 2019 sixth, getting Deshaun in a 2027th. Of course, the 2027th. They are theirs. They gave away to the Patriots in the day three pick swap for Michael Bennett. So, you know, what goes around comes around. This is as good of a deal as you'll find. They went from the sixth round to the seventh round and got a great player who loves the city, is a fan favorite, is desperately needed in the offense. And yeah, it's a little long in the tooth. But last time I checked, he's still fast. Like, yeah. I don't think he died. The Malik Jackson tra- uh, news, which we're going to get to after this, is objectively good. But I think this is the highest impact move. Uh, that the Eagles made at least today in terms of Aguilar, Djax, and Alshon. Best wide receiver room in the NFC East. Yeah. I said that on the internet. I didn't think it was going to be inflammatory. It turned out to be wildly inflammatory. <laughs> I had many Giants and Cowboys fans furious with me. At least Redskins fans know where they are on the totem pole. Thank goodness <laughs> for that. Giants and Cowboys fans are both upset. But then also there's a big demographic of NFL Twitter that's like, well, duh, the rest of the NFC East wide receiver room stinks. So nobody really knows what's going on with that. But to me, it's the best wide receiver room in the NFC East. Throw in the tight ends. It's the best receiving core in the NFC East. There is, of course, a conversation to be had about Nelson Aguilar and what this might mean for him just this year. Currently on a $9.4 million option, none of which is guaranteed. And following, he's obviously not under contract after 2019. So those are my thoughts, Mike. I don't know what you think about how the deal went down and how the Eagles wide receiver room looks now. I think it looks great. And I think that's the mold of what they're looking for on the outside between Torrey Smith, Mike Wallace, Deshaun is just another next in line and now you can lock him up for a little bit longer we'll see what the details are on the contract but i saw something online at apologies for whoever posted this but they basically said they showed it through the stats and quarterback ratings and all this stuff deshaun jackson has made every quarterback but Jameis winston a better quarterback when he is on that team as a deep threat as a guy who has i, I think he's at like something around 15th for most explosive plays in the last three years combined that's what he brings to an offense so i'm glad to have deshaun back and now we can put all this deep threat stuff to bed they want to draft one later on the draft you know it it helps fill a need and it's not just a need fill it's not just taking a swing on a guy like john ross for a late round pick it's getting a reliable veteran which is what the eagles like to do with these late round picks so i'm all for it uh ben do we want to go to the malik jackson stuff give me a thumbs up if you're good on that yeah no the only last point i'd like to make and then thumbs up is absolutely like 
the delta between going from a six to a seventh in terms of your ability to hit on a player <laughs> is actually zero. Right. Like, it's just zero. <laughs> you are as likely to have make a good sixth round pick as you are to make a good seventh round pick. Yeah. So the Eagles traded nothing and got a guy who, on name alone, more than Mike Wallace, more than Torrey Smith, more than anybody on the roster, will freak teams out deep. Yep. And it's Deshaun. It's Deshaun. Yeah. It's Miracle in the Meadowlands, too. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it makes me very happy. So if you want to put your quarterback on an island against Deshaun, that's great. If you want to give double coverage attention to Alshon Jeffrey like he was getting on the backside of those three-by-one sets that freed up some of those deeper routes, you saw Nelson Aguilar do it against the Texans, same thing for Deshaun Jackson. He's going to benefit that way. Yep. So pick your poison with who you want to put over top and who you want to double cover because you can only do so much of it, which is fantastic. So good news for the Eagles, in my opinion. Let us know at BGN underscore radio what you think, gentle listener. But let's transition here to the first news of the day. Former Denver Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars defensive tackle Malik Jackson signs for three years, $30 million with the Eagles. Not $10 million? <laughs> it's the, the funniest part about this was that Field Yates tweeted out that it was three years, $10 million total. Everyone lost their minds. He had to follow up with a correction and a Homer disappearing into the bushes gif, which I thought was great. But it's three years, $30 million total for Malik Jackson. I thought it was a touch high. Then you start seeing some of the other ridiculous deals and you feel a little bit better. But without having the details as far as where the money is distributed over the three years, when it's feasible for the Eagles to get out of it, things of that nature, I won't really speak on how high or low I am on the deal because the devil is in the details with these contracts and none of it matters if he plays up to his previous levels because that's what I think he's worth at the peak of his game. Some context for Jackson in my viewings leading up to the game of the Eagles, I saw a good player, but one that might have taken a slight step back in 2018. I think Brandon Thorne, who we've had on this show before, respected evaluator that I like, kind of echoed those sentiments. But some of the analytics conflict with that thought, including Sports Info yeah. Solutions tweeted this out. The Jackson ranked seventh in pressure percentage at 9.2% among the 57 DTs with 200 plus pass rushes in 2018. So again, that's seventh out of 57 last year for pressure percentage. They go on to say that he's been very consistent, ranking 10th. Ben is dancing right now. He ranks 10th in 2017 for the same thing, 6th in 2016. Now let's go to another analytics platform to see if they line up. PFF also has him 6th in pass rush productivity out of 74th last year. So high marks from the analytics guys. So maybe my sample size was skewed as I prep for the Eagles game because John Owning, another guy that I respect, told me that like week 13 and on, he was absolute fire. So maybe he was better than I remember. And Ben, I I know you planned on getting up a film piece on Jackson for BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm sure so much is happening that you haven't gotten into too much of the film. This is obviously nope. a need fill that gives them more flexibility in the draft and in their defensive line rotation. It helps them get Fletcher Cox from 80% of the snaps back down to 60% of the snaps if they continue to add to the position. Ben, how are you feeling about this acquisition? I like Malik Jackson. I think it's a good fit. Yes. <laughs> Let me tell <laughs> That's you. That's it. It's important. It's important. So, so Malik Jackson has a dominant season with the Denver Broncos. He goes on to sign a six-year $85 million, six-year $90 million, a contract that at the time was a top three contract among all defensive tackles when he signed it. And it was in 2015 that he had that big season. Six years, $85 million with the, with the Jaguars. He goes to Jacksonville, and he his production from a sack perspective, from a pass rush perspective, penetration perspective, stays the same, if not increases, mm. 
up until 2018, like you said, where there was that step back. And then, boom, he's already on a huge contract. Jacksonville's chock full of, of good defensive tackle talent. They drafted Taven Bryan out of Florida last year in the first round with the intention of having the ability to get rid of some of these big contracts. And, hey, one of the reasons why you open up all that money is to sign Nick Foles to four years, $88 million with over $50 million guaranteed, which is insane. They were bidding against themselves, and they overpaid somehow. I don't get it. I don't get it. You could have... Traded a third mm. to have Nick Foles on one year, $25 million guaranteed, and the ability to move on from him. Yeah. We obviously don't know what the contract looks like yet. But <laughs> instead, you keep the third, which I acknowledge is objectively good. Well, the $50 million is paid out over the first three years. That's all coming yes. out. Yeah. So, so, okay, it's paid out over the first three years. But, like, when you look at like, – like, here's the thing. They said last week – that Jacksonville was the most likely team to be trading for the the for Nick Foles. That pretty much Jacksonville and Nick Foles was done. So if nobody else was really batting, then who are you outbidding? I heard like Miami lightly mentioned once this morning in about two hours worth of airtime that they talked about Nick Foles. Like just like a, a sidebar, perhaps Miami. Like it was a total throwaway comment. It was just right. Jacksonville. And 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 so that's one. Two. You just signed a guy to be your like starter like you're gonna go win a super bowl with him this is not a contract for a bridge right not no two-year deal no yeah whatever not like that this is a contract for a winner it's contract for a super bowl champion so now you have to look at a wide receiver room that's like what marquise lee and dj chark your tight end room has nobody yeah and running back when you got to call aside you have leonard fournette who knows how big of a that a thing that is and you made good investments in your offensive line i'm gonna give you that but you just took a guy who if anything what he did was just maximize the skill players around him. And you surround him with really bad skill players. <laughs> right. Like, if in your head, like, you've, like, got the quarterback now, well, you need to draft exceedingly well at wide receiver tight end in the immediate future. And Jacksonville hasn't done that. So I have no idea. And then, well, we talked about this on the show when the rumor first came out. And I said, I don't really think DeFilippo to Jacksonville means that Foles is going to Jacksonville. Now, obviously, Foles is there. DeFilippo's unquestionably a massive part of that like he like you know there's no way the jaguars are 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 bringing in Foles unless defilippa has said explicitly like i want Foles, i can win a super bowl championship with Foles as an offensive coordinator as my quarterback but like i look like it's very interesting to me like i look at the Foles offense run by the eagles when defilippa was there as quarterback's coach and then i look at the kirk cousins offense run by defilippa as an offensive coordinator they are not the same yeah so like defilippa has got to go back to if he wants to like run the, the Nick Foles 2017 offense, well, he's got to go coordinate an offense that doesn't look like what he wanted to do with the Vikings. So is he just going to coordinate Frank Reich's offense? Is he we trying to just like become Frank Reich? Because he's not. Now understand this. Last year, 2018, this is from Sports Info Solutions, 46.2% of Nick Foles' attempts came on either RPOs, screens, or zero to one step concepts, which was third right. highest among 42 quarterbacks with 100 total, t- total attempts. That- That's... What, the, who, who is that from? That was from Sports Info Solutions? Yeah. That's such a good stat. He's a facilitator. They don't have the weapons to facilitate to. Right. And then and I would be curious to see what the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins' 2018 numbers were. Right. I would, I would guess that the screen number is up there and is highly competitive. The RPO number and the one-step drop number, I would imagine, are significantly right. down. And Bortles ranked last with just 16.6%, so they have to completely overhaul that offense. Obviously, bringing in Flip is part of that, but it definitely is a change for them. They don't have the weapons to run that kind of stuff because they don't have the... Yeah, so that's that. Back to Malik. Back to Malik. Because yeah. we totally... I was going to say, yeah, let's about, do that. <laughs> yeah, cutting Malik to, to create cast space, and then we got on full tangent. <laughs> so you cut Malik... 
But we're now looking at a guy who's been, as you said, like a top 10 interior penetrator, interior disruptor in three of the last four seasons. Yep. Jacksonville obviously cuts him. Philadelphia, three-year, 30 million. Like, it's a good-sized deal, but it's for a good player. Yeah. Good-sized player. You know what I mean? This is not dissimilar, in my opinion, to Timmy Jernigan in this sense. Like, Jernigan, you obviously traded for a guy on a rookie contract. Last year, his deal had to extend him, whatever. Jackson, you're picking up a free agent. But in both cases, like, this has the potential to be a top 10 penetrator next to Fletcher Cox. And if you can find that guy, you lock him down because of the, the what that interior penetration does for your defense, for your rush, for your front four, cannot be un- overstated. Yeah, They had it in Jernigan. And then Jernigan had an off-field, non-football-related injury, and that really threw a wrench at things. So Jernigan's gone. But three years, $30 million, this is just the money they wanted to be paying Timmy Jernigan, who was <laughs> younger. Yeah. And they knew a little bit more about, but this they're just paying Timmy Jernigan. It's just now his name is Malik Jackson, and he doesn't have a spine injury. Jernigan was good, and if the Eagles get just Jernigan out of Malik Jackson, right. that's a W. Yeah. They're getting it for like $1 million less per year, yeah. but put that aside, Jackson can even be better than Jernigan was. Yeah. At his height, Jackson was a better player than Jernigan was. So yep. that's like like the, the right way to conceptualize this move is the Eagles found their elite defensive tackle next to Fletcher Cox. I shouldn't say elite. Their good defensive tackle next to Fletcher Cox. His name is Timmy Jernigan. They signed him to a long-year deal. A very unfortunate off-field football incident happened. And so they just got Malik Jackson. Like, yeah. it's just, they just washed, rinse, and repeat, which is just amazing willingness to be aggressive by Harry Roseman in the front office. Yeah. So I love the Malik Jackson move. Love the Deshaun Jackson move. The Eagles are getting the 97th pick in the 2020 NFL draft because yeah. ain't nobody paying a single free agent <laughs> on this market. More than $50 million guaranteed, four years, $88 million. Let me tell you that. And I was sad that Steve Wisniewski was gone. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because when we come back, we'll talk about a player that's back and a player that's not back. That's when we come back here on Bleeding Green Nation. I hated that. And we are back here on the Kissed and Solak Show, episode 84, just recording about this slow news day. Uh, ben, Jason Peters is back for 2019. Yeah, it's a one-year contract. Max value is $10 million. There's $5.5 million in guarantees. The bodyguard returns. Ben, I wrote about the decision that they had to make with Peters coming into the offseason. And in that piece, I wrote, quote, if he doesn't retire, restructuring his deal and finding another piece at offensive tackle is the right move for the organization. So out of those two boxes, they've already checked one while also reducing the urgency of the other. So I'll tell you this, from where we're sitting right now, I'd much rather have Peters than not because we know what's behind him. That being Big V, who was shell-shocked last year, and a seventh-round pick, Jordan Mailata, who is likely a multi-year project that ended the season on IR. Good to have Peters back just to have some depth at that tackle position. And like I said on Twitter, 80% of Peters is 200% of Big V. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. Like 80% is that big number because Jason Peters, when I wrote up his offseason evaluation for Bleeding Green, I said, listen, this is a starting caliber left tackle. It's no longer the elite left tackle that it was. Right. You ain't going to hear me say that, but this is a starting caliber left tackle. Is he worth $10.6 million? Probably not. But starting left tackle, starting left tackle in the league. And those guys, you know, if you have them, you don't get rid of them. And so while, like, in a vacuum, sure, you might want to cut Peters and try to find another option. When you have the guy under contract, he's been around, he's a huge locker room guy, then, yeah, you keep him. Peters, 80% of the snaps. Well, what we knew of his 2019 option was it was $5.7 million on the base. There was a $2 million roster bonus. And then there was the the prorated bonus from his restructure, which was back in 2017, I believe. That makes it a a, a $10.6 million cap hit, but with no guaranteed money. There was no guaranteed money on that deal. 
Now we know 5.5 million is guaranteed because they picked up the option. The rest of that money, prorated bonus, 2.6, 2 million on the roster, and then another like 500,000 for workout bonus. That last 2.5 million, I'm pretty sure, you can potentially put that into escalators for playing time. Because it's very interesting. The Eagles announced via their Twitter account that they have reworked Jason Peters on a one-year deal. They didn't say they picked up the 2019 option. They didn't say that we have signed him to a one-year contract. So I don't know if this 10.6 million is exactly what we're looking at. There's a chance it has changed. Because I'm not positive with the way the Eagles announced it that it's just they're picking up the option. Right, right, right. So if that's the case with only 5.5 million guaranteed, well, then there's another 5 million somewhere that could potentially be playing time escalators, snap count escalators, which makes sense. Like, like I think that Peters has a really good relationship with the front office, with the ownership. They could have come to him and been like, hey, we want to keep you. We're not going to cut you. But, like, it's hard to pay you eight figures if you're going to snap less than 80% of the time. Can we just build snap count numbers into your roster, into your numbers that if you stay healthy, you get the money? And Peters say, yes, it's a nice gesture for everybody. Yippee ki yep. There's the There's the chance that Peters gets paid the $10 million. There's a chance that if he's only paying 80% of the snaps, he doesn't get the full $10 million, And there you go. It'd be really nice to be able to say, hey, don't worry. Eagles going to draft an offensive tackle in round one. Well, number one, you never want to force yourself into a position to draft in round one. That's how you get awful reaches that kill your team. And number two, rookie tackles. Mm. Never a sure thing. Mm. No move. Malik Jackson, Jason Peters takes a position out of play for that spot at round at round one at 25, but it makes all of them less of an impetus, less demanding, and as a result, it gives you more flexibility to take what talent that falls to you. Right. Overarching, doesn't really move the meter much. Jason Peters is still going to be the starter, what you expect. There's little little nugget stuff that could be cool there, but in general, they, they should have done. If we had drafted Colton Miller, we would be saying, please, I hope Peters comes back because Colton is not ready yet. So a very similar situation to what you're saying. I'm glad that Peters is back. Before we get to the Wiz News, I do want to say something about the the pickups for the Eagles because this is something that Howie Roseman really focuses on, and I think you know where I'm going with. I'm not a comp pick scientist by any means, but you got to think that the Foles contract, obviously, you said 97, pick 97, that's going to be worth a big-time comp pick. And what's better is since Malik Jackson was cut, and Deshaun Jackson was traded, the Eagles' two major pickups today do not work against that formula, which means that right now the Eagles are sitting very pretty to get the maximum of comp picks next year, which Howie Roseman is definitely keeping his eye on and monitoring throughout the situation, and it's definitely guiding some of his decision-making as well. Oh, shoot. Mike Garofalo has a one-minute-long video about why did the Jaguars pay so much for Nick Foles if there were no other big bidders we discussed here. But I can't listen to it right now because we're on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. But we just asked this question, and Garofalo has already answered it. Garofalo, by the way, Killing is it. the Rappaport of Philadelphia. Yeah. He has every Philadelphia scoop before Rappaport, and Rappaport continually gets bad scoops from Philly anyway. So, <laughs> Garofalo is king. Crushing them, crushing them. In more Eagles news, this will be the last one before we wrap up. We'll record tomorrow about everything else going on in the league. Hit up all those guys, but we want to get this episode up and out to you guys. But right now, we could talk about Steven Wisniewski. His 2019 option will not be picked up by the Eagles. It would have been a $3.7 million cap hit. So there is some uncertainty at the other guard spot as Brandon Brooks recovers from a late season Achilles tear. We don't know if that tells us something about his recovery. We think it's very unlikely that he is ready when he said he I think he said he was going to be ready for by like preseason I'll be ready in seven months I yeah. tore my Achilles tendon I'm 330 pounds right we don't necessarily believe that but we'll see what they do with that other guard spot any thoughts on on Wiz going did you want to keep him are you are you sad what's going through your head right now Ben I don't think Roseman and the cap guys sat down he said listen 
we really need $3.7 million, and Wisniewski just isn't worth this money, right? Wisniewski would have been the third highest paid left guard, and he wouldn't have been starting, which, like, yeah, that's not great, but he would have been, like, the 20th highest paid right guard, which, for some reason, right guards make a ton more money than left guards, don't really know why. And, like, for, for his having guard center swing ability, starting experience, you have a young left guard starter, you have an injured right guard starter. I don't, like, like I don't think the Eagles needed that $4 million super desperately. My theory is, Wisniewski, who did not want to lose his starting job to Isaac Samalu, who very much kindly swallowed the pill when he did and was very not finicky about it. He was not, you know, like, angry or outspoken about it. Said, listen, I'm on an option year. I can go start somewhere else. Please cut me. And let me go start somewhere else. And the Eagles said, "Yeah, that's fair. Like that would be, that's my theory. Because yeah. like you just don't you don't need this four million. And that player is objectively useful to you. Like he's a great sixth man on the interior offensive line. You have him, and then you have Halupulivati Vaitai at backup tackle. It's one of the best seven deeps in the league for offensive line. Mm-hmm. You roster Pryor and Mylata, two developmental pieces. One of whom is a really great developmental piece. This is an awesome setup. Yeah, get rid of Chance Warmack. Heck yeah, long time coming." <laughs> it's beautiful, right? Yeah. So what does this mean? Wisniewski's gone. Well, Philadelphia, like, you know, uh, a chance to invest on the veteran guard market, bring in a veteran guy. That's definitely there. Pryor, I think they really like, is the potential backup right guard. I mean, Pryor, like, if, if Stoutland really wants a big body at right guard, like, if that's important to him, like, Wiz, Wiz is not a big dude. But if it's important to him to have that big body, Brandon Brooks obviously is a tackle size at right guard. Pryor is a tackle size player. Right. So maybe that's that's a part of it as well. There's, there's a size threshold they want to hit. Uh, and then, like, you know, yeah, Wiz can back up the center, but technically so can Sayomalo if he learns how to snap. <laughs> and Kelsey was just extended, so Philadelphia clearly believes in his ability to stay healthy. So, right. there you go. I think it's I think that it had more to do with Wisniewski wanting to start somewhere else than it did like the Eagles being dissatisfied with his play or something like that. Uh, I don't really think they need that $4 million badly. It's sad. Wisniewski, like I said, would have been a great piece. I really liked his play. I, thought, I think he's a starting caliber. I think he'll go somewhere and start at left guard and be fine. Uh, and all the more power to him. So as of 624 Eastern time, we are all updated with the Eagles news. I'm sure as I'm updating and editing this podcast, that they'll sign like Tevin Coleman or my bae Spencer Ware, something to that effect. But if that happens, of course, we'll be continually recording throughout the week to make sure that you guys are updated. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about some of the other moves around the league, along with some Eagles news as well. I mean, we have to talk about giant safety Landon Collins getting a six-year, $84 million deal with over 50% of it guaranteed to the Redskins, setting the record for box safety contracts, which is weird when the safety market has been so down for so long. Let's talk about this. Wait, let's talk about this thing that actually matters. Eagles would like to sign Jordan Hicks potentially back. Right. Well, if Quan Alexander is going to make $95 billion, whatever the heck his contract is, what's Jordan Hicks worth? Quan is the third highest paid linebacker in the league right now. He has played one season of full snaps. And he had a drop off in coverage last year before he tore his ACL. What is happening? What are these teams doing? Ben, say goodbye to the gentle, gentle listeners. We're going to have to record a bunch this week. We'll figure it out. We'll get it done here on Bleeding Green Nation. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Kiss and Soul Act Show here on Bleeding Green Nation. We do appreciate you swinging by. This was Kiss and Soul Act Show episode, whatever number it was, 84. talking about the moves that happened on this, a day where free agency isn't even real yet. <laughs> Happy legally tampering period, everybody. Remember, only ever legal tamper, never illegal tamper. That is illegal. As Mike once said, everybody poops and tampers that's such a dad quote and i really appreciate it (laughs) uh if you enjoyed the podcast which there's no way you did we're both sick and kind of crazy uh go ahead and leave a rating review and subscription five stars only that's the only sort of rating that is uh inputable into the system that's why there's five stars so that you can click all of them review and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcast i'm on twitter at benjamin solak that's s-o-l-a-k he's on twitter at michael kist nfl that's k-s-t 
Ask us questions. We will answer them. Make fun of me. Thank you. We all we got. We all we need. Fly Eagles Fly. Yeah.